hello everybody and welcome. Welcome to the Words of Women and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California, syndicating to over 100 stations globally. And this morning, I am delighted to be joined by a colleague of mine, professional colleague, also a speaker, Tina Bakehouse. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Yvonne. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You are welcome. And where are you dialing in from today? My Southwest Iowa farm. Yay. All right. So if you haven't dialed into the Women and Wisdom radio show before, what's it all about? It's about interviewing women who have typically risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world doing amazing work. Work that is impactful, it's touching lives, and it's making a difference. So today I'm here with Tina. Now I met Tina in a fabulous networking room. We have a lot of things in common. Our personality styles are very similar. We also do a lot of work around speaking, confidence, confident conversations and language. And yet we both have some very distinct differences. So by way of introduction, so Tina is um, an, uh, a trained speaker. So she's what she calls protecting audiences from boring speakers and speeches. I love that. So providing speaking coaching and communication consulting. So that is helping individuals and organizations. And I know that you train people in, for example, how to get comfortable with doing a TED talk, which is obviously a big thing in today's marketplace. Um, working with groups like the Practical Farmers of Iowa, Union Pacific, First National Bank, and they're also doing some work with children's hospitals. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about that later on passionate about educating others to becoming more self-aware, which is such cool and rewarding work, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. So enhancing their speaker style. Now you're coming um, to this uh, platform by earning yourself a couple of BAs through Northern Iowa, um, communication studies and psychology, and then also a second in theater and English teaching and also a master's in communication studies. So a lot of the work that you're doing is based on theory and years and years of practice, which I love when that combination works well. So you're bringing in um, professional advanced writing, Kiersey temperament theory, um, and a couple of different levels of improvisation training as well. So this is gonna be a really interesting conversation. So. Tina has performed and co coordinated multiple storytelling shows, both in uh, Southwest Iowa and elsewhere, and also continues with her own creativity and leadership, working through the arts. She has a variety of different programs. We'll touch on those a little bit later on. And living in Maple Edge Farm. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the farm, with your husband and son. So today we're talking about the importance of your story. Know thyself, your story matters. So Tina, let's dive in. Welcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you could join me. Tell me, well, how you. did you get started in this um, type of work? There's usually some sort of tragedy to triumph story that causes women in particular, women entrepreneurs, which is my passion, to dive into becoming self-employed, building their own business out, and it's based, based a lot on personal experience. So what's your story growing up? 
Yeah, I was that child that lived on a farm and the front porch was my proscenium stage and I was passionate about the words and performing words and roping my younger brother and sister into radio talk shows and dramatizations and performances and was motivated by such creatives as Jim Henson and the Muppets and Walt Disney. And from there just fueled my passion for not only story, but also speech, communication, and connecting with other people. And I, from a very young age, got into teaching and found myself, you know how you imagined, what do you want to be when you grow up? For me, it was I wanted to be a teacher and I would play school with my brother and sister. And so as I got older and went to college, I I worked in the field of teaching for more than two decades, not only the high school level, but the collegiate level. But it was during that time frame of when I was, I I have a couple moments, one in high school teaching where I left to teach college, my last year there, I went to speak and I lost my voice completely. And there's nothing more revealing about yourself when you're teaching public speaking. And it's, it's how I defined myself when I was unable to speak. Mm -hmm. And I had to leave that position from the stress from vocal cord nodules and go through extensive speech therapy. And, and I was told by an actual surgeon, I had two choices, surgery like Julie Andrews had, and it would either change my voice completely, or I would just be hoarse all the time or six weeks of silence and no cheating. And I actually did the six weeks of silence. And I did a lot of philosophical realizations during that time of connection with people and how people just want to be seen, heard, and understood. So fast forward that, and I taught for 10 years and did some work in in, in nonprofit as well as a for-profit. And like so many other people, when you're on this journey, I would say I'm in act three of my life. Uh, Act four is retirement and act five is the rainbow bridge in my mind. And during the pandemic, about 85% of my full-time position just wiped away. And it was during that time I would, I, for 10 years have been doing the side work of communication consulting still just as a passion project. And my bank position as a chief creative officer, just most of it was gone. I could only do you know, some Zoom sessions with my financial literacy program for the schools and really not start very many new projects And for marketing purposes, things were just really crazy and different. And so I sat with myself and realized, is this where I want to be? Am I called to stay in a bank and be their storyteller, be their marketer, be their outreach person? Or do I want to really lean into where my heart is? And that I figuratively jumped out of the plane. My husband said to me, Tina, you've wanted to do this for more than a decade. Just do it. Just Just have the faith. Let go of the fear and lean into it, right? And and start a business so I could spend more time on doing the thing that I really loved. And that is helping leaders lean into their authentic speaker style, whether on stage or at the boardroom. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it is that is scary for women in particular to jump in and do this? Well, for me, what my big pause was and I've realized this, you you get revealed a lot of things when you work for yourself. I was surprisingly 
wanting to just help other people get out in front. And so I had some work I needed to do with visibility and vulnerability that when I would go to a networking situation as a college professor for a university, my business card, I could own that position and I was representing them. It was easier, but now I'm representing myself and my business and feeling like I'm really a lot more vulnerable and out there and how that judgment of self and the worry and judgment of others, we can really get into that condition pattern of, oh my goodness, is, is, is this what I'm supposed to say? How I'm supposed to say it? And we cripple ourselves with how we really show up authentically. So mm-hmm. for me, I, I didn't do it for a decade for partially that reason, partially too, it's that idea of marketing. It, I, didn't see it as something fun to do. I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to do the work. And I thought, well, will I get enough work? Mm-hmm. And it's those insecure thoughts and letting go of the imagination that we have as a child. And when I just started to say, what if I'm not there yet, you know, staying positive and instead of, can I, I can, it really revealed to me that if I focus in on my why and start to surround myself with other beautiful, supportive, empowered women, it's amazing how you start to up level and, and, and have that mindset of that. This is possible. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly there's a couple of learnings there. So audience members, if you've got your pen handy, we're talking about the um, ability to first off acknowledge that there are some insecurities there um, and there are some nuances to being in your own business to learn. The important thing that you mentioned in particular is about embodying. So it's not even about learning it and trying to teach it. It's about being it. And Mm. that natural ability to attract is like a magnet. One of my favorite books is um, Attracting Perfect Customers, The Power of Strategic Synchronicity with Stacey Hall and, and Jan uh, Brozhnev. And she talks about instead of if you're trying to attract new customers, for example, she uses the analogy of a lighthouse. Now we can either be running up and down the beach, waving our arms frantically, you know, come on in boats, come on in boats. <laughs> or we can stand solidly on the beach like the lighthouse beaming our message out strongly for miles and miles and miles to be seen above the crowd. And Mm. so I read that book and I loved the synchronistic part because I've seen that happening with, you know, the the universe supporting me as well and things coming towards me. But just that concept of not being busy for the sake of busy, but raising the profile, getting the attention through the work that you're doing. And then the work speaks for itself. So it becomes yes. almost like that, like that business card of being a professor. You, mm-hmm. you are uh, being the person that you want others to emulate, right? Right. Yeah. It's anchoring in the confidence of the who that we are and asking ourselves, what is the fabric of my being? What yep. is my essence of myself? And I think the pandemic for me really helped me sit with that I am valuable and I am enough. And it's about the we and the beyond and being rooted in and grounded in that knowing, not just thinking or believing, but the knowing Mm -hmm. of if I show up and am fully present and calm and confident and just show up with my gifts and talents and be about the other, then things reveal themselves. And I love that analogy of being the lighthouse, Yvonne. I think that that's beautiful because we are the light. Mm And what we say, what we do, we can beam it out. And everybody has specific gifts that there are 7 billion people out here in the world. And that's where I let go of, 
oh my goodness, there are enough people that I can support, that we can support together and, and help each other move forward in whatever field or work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can be in a room full of speakers and every single one of them has a very unique and different message. It's, it's not going to be the same story. Their personalities are going to be different. They're not going to have the same energy level. And they're certainly not going to be building the same dream, right? Mm. So, you know, while there is a commonality point there, our passion for communications and language, we're both coming at it from different perspectives. Mine is a lot of what you touched on with um, the concepts there, um, you know, the passionate why. Um, a lot of those concepts are concepts that I felt really important that I include them in my book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. Um, so that book is the wisdom nuggets that I've collected along the way of 30 years of, of business experience, working both in the corporate arena and senior VP roles, um, and then also working for eight different startups. And along the way, you know, picking up um, executive coach certification, EQI certification, Codebreaker Bank certification, trainer, etc., to really share those communication messages because mm. you know 40 different words and word concepts that will help women to ask for what they want and get it that's the essence of the work that I do and that why piece is so important it's so powerful to understand you know what's the story what got you to the point you're at right now and how does that contribute and shape your your future and the tools that you bring in, the connections that you leverage, the places you show up, which networking rooms are the most um, the most um, uh, supportive for you, and mm -hmm. all of those elements come together. Yeah, and it's this idea too of being deep and simple. I really believe in having a spirituality piece because that helps you find the essence that you are being simple about how you message what you do, the, the one thing that you do, and then being of service to others. Mm -hmm. And that's where you'll find the most richness, I think, with the work that you do. Yeah. So you're using your uh, creativity, leadership, passion for the arts um, to help people communicate effectively. And you're also doing some work with teen shows. Is that still a current project or is that a past project, Tina? The, yeah, that was a past project. So I collaborated with a mentor of mine, a, a professional improviser and storyteller out of New York. And together we, we did multiple shows where we taught teens how to tell their story. So we would facilitate workshops and then they would perform in a bit on a big theater stage in Southwest Iowa. And we had multiple schools come in the audience. And it, there was something very empowering about how they learned that, yes, they do have a voice in the story, because I think sometimes we just dismiss our young people, but they have something to share. We can learn from them as well. And then that they can empower each other and learning that story structure. Yeah. And there was one gal, actually, that I remember very distinctively. She was a senior in high school and told this very powerful story about overcoming an alcoholic parent and that she decided in that moment in time she wanted to be a doctor and that no matter what her father said, she was going to be who she can be. She can rise above. And at the end of the story, a young woman who didn't know her, another teen said, may I have my picture with you? And of course the storyteller agreed. And she asked, well, why would you want my picture? She said, well, I'm struggling sometimes and I'm going to use this picture and look at it that if you can do it, I can do it. 
And I thought that story meant the world to that young woman and made impacts. Yeah. Well, I think we can, you know, we can be presenting and listing off, you know, the top three bullet points that we want people to take away. We can be going uh, deep and narrow. So everybody in the audience says, wow, I never heard that before. And I, I've got something valuable to take away. And yet the stories are what keeps the, it's kind of like the glue. That's what keeps the, the presentation, not just interesting, but extremely mm-hmm. memorable. I was just yes. at a leadership conference last week in uh, Cabo and um, connected with one of, the facil- one of the facilitators. And we ended up having such a synchronistically um, connected conversation. Um, we kept looking at each other and saying, wow, Wow, wow. <laughs> one, of the, one of the pieces that she shared was about her, um, her work in her very early years working to support Special Olympics. And I have a special needs son. So I talked a little bit about the story of, of my son and his work with Operation Smile. And that story has been, you know, I mean, it's been shared on global TV. We took it to Dragon's Den. Um, that story is just such a, a memorable one that I have, I have a lot of people reaching out and, mm-hmm. and, and they remember me often because of Alex and his story. It's nothing to do with my work um, directly. And yet showing up as a resilient, passionate mom who has the ability to carve out something that is important for her son and also take that to the marketplace. I think that's what stands out in it. Well, and this story has 20 times, it's just 22 times more memorable than facts. So that's why I knew you'd have a, I knew you'd have a statistic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you listen to Ted talks, they're 65% story. And so it's, you're transporting people's heads to their hearts and we, we are driven for decision-making by our hearts. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I are both uh, familiar with the personality science that is through co-breaker technologies. It's called the bank methodology. Um, I'll actually give the listeners a link at the end where you can uh, pick up your own complimentary copy of a personality assessment. So you can do that. Only takes 90 seconds and it's incredibly accurate and um, very easy reading. And it tells you a lot about yourself. Um, Certainly they're working with different personality types. It's really important to know who you're presenting to And uh, I think it was Tony Robbins who said it's, you know, uh, shape your presentation to deliver it to the audience that you're connecting with. So it is about being seen, but also being heard and having your message land with different personality types. Some people Mm. are in the audience that are listening, that are wanting those statistics. Um, Some people are listening with their hearts and saying, oh, how is this going to impact me and my personal growth and my community? Some of us are action oriented and, and get to the bottom line. What's the result? What's the impact? Go, go, go. And oh, is there a celebrity involved? Because then I'm like, yeah. work up. Um, and, and some uh, of the blueprint type personalities, which is the fourth type in that, that spectrum of B-A-N-K, um, are very much more organized and traditional structure, processes, step-by-step methods are really important for them. So when we understand when we're talking with a large group that there are four different personality types in the audience mm-hmm. and how to weave together a story, how to weave together deep content, how to present it in a fashion that's going to land and resonate with 
every single one of those four personalities makes a huge impact and a huge difference to how memorable the presentation is, doesn't it? It absolutely does. I mean, I've been working on this idea of temperament and how our core values affects our communication greatly. And when you become audience centered, because it is about them more so than you. I mean, if you Mm. give a speech or a presentation and nobody listens, did it ever really happen? It's the audience that that's why you're speaking and being able to tap into not only those different temperaments and, you know, the action type of style, they want the impact. They like the, the, they enjoy maybe more of a kinesthetic movement of, you know, by a show of hands or share with your partner. Uh, Like you mentioned, the heart centered and all of us love a good story, but stories really do make for a more powerful talk embedding those as well, especially in the middle where people start to get stagnant with a longer presentation that can build up the uh, audience's curiosity. And then also supporting it with data and giving analogies to show versus tell. And it's that healthy, happy balance of the abstract and the concrete, because just like there are four different temperaments within that audience, you have some are more preferred in the world of the concrete where they see, hear, taste, touch. Others in the world of abstract with the possibilities. And so if you can use both metaphors and the how and the what with the why, you're going to really have a very poignant talk that reaches the the, the mass majority of your audience. And that's what you want. You want the presence that you desire and you want your message to resonate. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's one of your most... Um impactful talks, Tina? Well, I would say, uh, you mean in terms of the keynotes I've given, I have presented to uh, how to tell your story. I think that that's something that can be meaningful and true, where for small communities, rural communities, I live in the rural Iowa area, and a lot of these small towns are trying to build themselves back up. We had a flood in 2019, and then of course the pandemic starting in 2020, And so it's like, how can we have a differentiator? How can we embrace and share our rural stories? So I've had some powerful presentations for various small rural communities to get them enticed and excited about owning who they are and how they show up and how they are different and unique to other small towns in the rural Midwest. That is one. I also have found that uh, when, when I share anything regarding about the understanding of the self, that is what people, it's music to our ears. We love hearing our name. We love knowing more about ourselves because at the end of the day, when we learn more, that self-awareness helps us co-create communication with the other because all communication should be a co-creation. And instead of sell, tell, and yelling, which when we get excited about things, it's being aware of that. And so when I am able to help and support people to get out of their conditioned self, support the authentic self that they are, and understand that really at the core, your value is what drives how you work, communicate, and lead. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting that you're sharing about the importance of values when it comes to speaking. Um, Part of the other work that I do with my women entrepreneurs so that's my my audience is when women entrepreneurs seeking to flourish is about the opportunity they have um to step up from being a solopreneur and working only by themselves and trying to wear all the different hats to bringing on their team 
So it's about a shift of mindset first from a solopreneur to a CEO. And then how do you hire, train, empower and lead with ease and grace so that you can actually take a vacation? (laughs) I I do get a lot of a lot of um, women coming to me and their business is working so well that now they are buried in the details and they sort of got themselves maximum booked because they haven't um, got the model in place to really monetize their time more effectively and efficiently, or it's not working the way they thought it was going to work. It's harder, harder work than they thought, partly because the whole concept of, of selling is something that they're not comfortable with. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of conversations about confident conversations about sales mastery and a lot of that, Tina, is about flipping a, a mindset switch from se- selling to serving. Because absolutely, once you start the conversation, you may as well step into serving right away because once you secure the deal, you're going to be serving, right? right? And so why not step into that right away? And it makes a huge difference to how they approach the conversation when they know that ultimately I'm here to serve. So it's about switching it up it's not it's not it's not about a hard sell it's about do i have something of value that you're interested in am i so solving your problem can i clearly articulate the value of the services the clear uh, return on investment and if so let's co-create together and if yeah, not, that's okay there is no you know there is no need to try to push water uphill it's about attracting your ideal client having that clarity of who your ideal client is and then keeping in alignment with everything that you do and say and where you show up and how you show up so that those people can find you like that lighthouse what are some of the other the other key learnings that you had in your first few years as a female entrepreneur well, some of the key learnings I first off is someone said to me once, which was really helpful of how I view marketing, that it's for them. How can how can you serve the right people that need what you have to offer if you don't get out there and talk about it and share it? So that was super helpful because I saw marketing as uncomfortable, talking too much about myself, egotistical. But when I said, oh, if, the, if I'm not talking about it or putting it out there in, in the form of story or examples, then no one's going to be able to be aware of what I, what, how we together can up-level and support the greater good because I'm all about supporting heart-centered leaders with their message to the world to make change. And if you're not talking about it, you know, I learned that quickly with my husband whose mantra is soil health. He said years ago when he started planting cover crops, why aren't people asking me about it? And why aren't my neighbors coming and talking to me about it? I said, well, are you talking about it? He mm-hmm. was just in the doing mode and not talking about it. And so now he gets out on panels and he, he speaks at some conferences and saw the power of sharing that message. The other thing that I learned is getting systems in place. I read this really great book um, called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And he talks about productivity and the power of separating shallow work and deep work. And shallow work is, you know, getting bogged down by getting on social media and, and emails and all those details you were talking about earlier that can really muddle up your vision and stress you out. And then the deep work is that one to four hours a day, ideally that you're working on bigger projects and your big ultimate vision. And so for me, I found a virtual assistant to support me um, who had that skill set. I also administrative assistant that when I onboarded someone or a group 
for my group coaching program that she did the on onboarding with all the materials and having that those systems in place was supportive and then knowing my wheel of genius is not technology and having a tech person take care of my website so i just say here's my blog make it look pretty please post it mm-hmm. all of that saves me time where i can be the idea person that i am and that i am supporting and all of my team they're women so i'm supporting them and empowering them along the way yeah the other piece is being really strategic with your time and time blocking is huge And so I'm very intentional about my Mondays are all about being open for writing, visualizing, planning the week, and really try to keep those except for maybe emergency meetings, meeting free. Mm -hmm. And Tuesday, Wednesdays are really my client meetings. Thursdays are networking with the the same group that we're a part of, as well as any other one-on-one connections. And then Fridays are sort of, I do, I call it a soft Friday, where any other catch-all meetings with clients and then the other half to sort of clean up and prepare for, you know, the next week. And I think when you do that blocking of time, you're not jumping online and because your brain can't deal with, okay, I just posted and then I'm working for a little bit and then I post again. So I think that time blocking has helped me be a lot more intentional and a lot less jittery and crazy when I look at my schedule in the day. And the last thing I would say is, play with your business and be open to to doing something that scares you every day. You know, Ellen DeGeneres said that when she was on an interview with uh, David Letterman, he said, why are you getting back into into stand-up comedy again? I mean, that was her start. And she says, well, David, I I need to do something that scares me. She was getting into that mode of wanting to shake it up again. So do something that scares you, whether it's, I've never been on a podcast do so. Seek one out so that you can share your why and get that practice. Or do a Facebook or LinkedIn Live or write a new blog with a fresh perspective or maybe find a collaborator and and co-facilitate a webinar. Whatever that is, try something new and see what works and sticks because what works for you may not work for someone else and that's okay. We get super distracted with what everybody else is doing and at the core, it's, it's tuning into your own true value of how you spend your time why you do what you do and lean into that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple of messages, um, a couple of key themes in there. You know, certainly talking about your husband and his work, you know, back to Mahatma Gandhi, right? Be the change that you want to see in the world. So if, yes. if, no, if, if no one's doing something or no one's approaching you, yeah, it's a two-way communication. <laughs> it's a two-way right. street. Are you talking about what you do in an impassioned way? that people feel, I mean, I have a lot of people coming up and, and even on Zoom calls, right? It doesn't always have to be in person, um, but coming up and saying, I, I love your energy. Well, I don't know if my energy is bigger, broader, brighter than anybody else's. I mean, I've had a few psychic mediums give me some messages on that, but really I think it's when you're finely tuned to who you're serving, what is the immediate change that they have after working with you and that level of clarity when you can describe your business and what it's about in five words or less I did some work with Mitchell Levy earlier on this year um, women entrepreneurs seeking to flourish period that's my market Mm -hmm. and if you're a woman entrepreneur and you're seeking to flourish your ears will perk up I don't have to keep talking about it until (laughs) you ask me you say oh well that sounds really interesting how do you do that or if I do have you know a smaller um segment of people and have the networking time in the room we're all in you know networking conversations a lot of them on zoom um 
I'll share a little bit more about how do I how do I do that? It's you know it's three things. It's about sales mastery, confident conversations, and shifting your mindset from a solopreneur to a CEO. Absolutely, three things. Um, because people can only remember three things. Right? Three is the magic number. It's complete. I mean, think about all the stories: the three little bears, the three little pigs, the three Billy Goats gruff. It is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Slow, medium, fast. Right. We, we really, truly, three is complete. Yeah. The other piece is about um, working with resources. So, you know, over the years, I'm, I always had a values-based tool that I used for interviewing and hiring. Um, you know, 6,000 people later, uh, I developed a, a process, a 12-step hiring process around that. And the very first step in the process is always looking at the values of the organization. It's much easier if I think it's white and you think it's black, that we're never going to agree in the middle, it's gray, we're just going to keep bumping heads on that. So why not look for talent that you want to bring onto your team that has some of the natural characteristics and personality styles and values that match yours. So I just um, brought on a new person on my team yesterday. So we both have nurturing on the front end. So I know that she's going to be treating my clients with care. Her second personality code is blueprint. So she's a lot more structured, oriented, system oriented than I am, which is going to be a really nice balance for my action. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, well, and it's tuning into what your strengths are and capitalizing on those and then finding your team that, like you were saying, that supports you and fills in those gaps. Yeah. So you can't, um, I mean, you can go out and hire people that are identical to, to your personality style. Chances are, though, that they're going to be wanting to grow so fast that you're going to have a, a, a little bit more of a challenge staying one step ahead of them. And then, you know, do you really want everybody always wanting your job all the time? <laughs> you know, I mean, in the corporate arena, it's really important to have people wanting your job because that way you can groom your successor. You can't move into another bigger, broader, more responsible role, a step up, unless you have someone to fill your, your role that you're currently in. So you wanna be um, pulling along and mentoring, coaching, supporting, sponsoring people on your team so that you have those uh, succession plans covered off and be able to step into a new role. When it's your own business though, it's a, it's, um, easier to have that blend so that you have balance so technical uh, blueprint topics those are things that you know they're not my first love they're my last two codes so acknowledging <laughs> yes. it is key. Blue, blueprint is my last yes absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah so when we have that um when we have that corporate role I wrote an article about this uh, a little while ago on LinkedIn talking about uh, you know so you think you're ready to start your own business um, when you have, you know, tech support that you can just pick up the phone and the company looks after tech support, it looks after security, um, you know, you're not going to have those sort of cyber issues going on. But when you're operating in your own business, all of the things that you used to just, you know, walk down to the stationery cupboard and grab a new X, Y, Z, you know, those things are not there for you. The most important piece, though, is the messaging. When you're behind a bigger brand, and you say, you know, I work for Disney, I work for American Express, people get it right away. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's about finding that clarity in your messaging that people get it right away, or making sure that you've hired and worked with uh, either a, an advertising agency, PR agency, uh, design media design group, 
that will be able to clearly get that market brand out for you. Just even having a professional website, professional headshots, all of those things make a massive difference. So what are you seeing as trends, Tina, in the speaking industry? I'm curious on that. Well, I think what we have found, what I'm finding with the current clients I'm working with is a big boom in mental health as a trend for what people are talking about because the pandemic really, I think, opened our eyes to so many things. For for me as a parent in a rural community, how the schools were really a social worker. They were providing meals and emotional support for so many kiddos that maybe had broken family life. It also uh, opened our eyes to a lot of other uh, situations. And so you have the stress of what the teachers and the students went through during that time at the beginning and even the last couple of years, but then also healthcare professionals. And so we're really, I'm seeing this big trend of how do we be transparent with where we are with mental health and how can we talk about it in a way that can help us move forward? Because you know, they've said, well, we're in a new normal or we've been pivoting. You know, those were terms that we've been hearing a lot over the last couple of years during the pandemic. But it's really saying, you know, I had a conversation recently with a friend who's a therapist and acknowledging that we have zero, zero, and this is in our state, but I'm guessing it might be nationwide here in the United States, uh, any forms of laws that protect our infants like ages zero to five. So they have absolutely no form of advocacy for them. And we give parents lots and lots of chances. So if a kid is thriving at Head Start and the parent's like, nope, I don't want that kid to go anymore. They rip the kid out, even though it was doing great and they were seeing leaps and bounds in their behaviors. There's no support to advocate for that wonderful program for that kiddo. So that is a big one I'm noticing. Um, Resiliency is a topic that I've been hearing more and more and noticing how do we cope with more burnout and being stressed being more resilient, you know, emotional intelligence, understanding who we are, how we deal and cope with our emotions and how we show up. And I would find, you know, one of the speakers I've talked with a couple of times, he's out there talking about prevention of suicide because the numbers have really gone up more than ever before and does so with the healthcare field, with agricultural world, you know, in those top five uh, businesses that see it more than ever before. So I would say that's the biggest one is mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay. And environment too, you know, there's a lot of conversations in terms of how we're evolving and how can we do better, know better, do better, as Maya Angelou says with the environment. Yeah. Um, my last interview um, on the, the show was with an eco-entrepreneur who is based in Maui, has a retreat center and uh, culinary arts training, and also looking always for the opportunity to be the entrepreneur but to take into consideration you know that whole people purpose planet element and how does that sync up so eco entrepreneur really interesting uh, really interesting heart-centered lady mm-hmm. so in terms of summary for the audience members if you had to um, identify just out of all the wisdom that you've accumulated just five core messages five takeaways what you've learned when it comes to leading in the business of speaking, showing up, market messaging, et cetera, what would be five wisdom nuggets you'd like to share? Well, the first is show up as the who that you are and really sit with yourself and note that you are who you are. 
and no one is like you and that you absolutely can anchor in the confidence that you possess and be magnetic. For me, for me, magnetism is connection. And that doesn't mean being loud necessarily, though it can be powerful if that's your style. I mean, you've mentioned Tony Robinson. He's that loud, vibrant personality. But Dalai Lama, those soft-spoken and calm, can you linger on his every word? So they own who they are, the soul that they are. And when you do that, and you maybe watch, like I love Brene Brown and her vulnerability mm-hmm. talks that I've watched multiple times. And I love her realness of how she's a storyteller researcher, yep. but I'm not her. And I, I can watch models and watch what they do and how they can you know, structure a speech. But at the end of the day, it's being myself. That would be the first of the five. Mm-hmm. The second is to really tap into preparation. The work that you do um, at the forefront is is going to allow less anxiety. So the more you prepare and be aware of who's your audience, because the message is for them, being audience-centered, having a clarity on the context, what time of day are you speaking, what kind of space are you speaking, and what is that desired outcome? That is going to help you in terms of the foundation for context really connects to content. You know, I'm working with a client right now that she's just struggling with, well, who's my audience? And I said, we're kind of frozen right now until you you have a list of five or six. We want to structure a foundational speech that about 80% is the same, but then 20% is really customized for that given audience for that first keynote. So it's really doing the work ahead of time and preparing, not only understanding what the speaking experience requires of you, who's your audience, what's the desired outcome, but then structuring your message. Mm-hmm. The next is the third, I would say, is the power of the pause. And that is your delivery style and that we don't pause enough, that silence can really influence others by so many volumes. And I think about how for me, that six weeks of silence, how much I learned about myself and how much I was interrupting people too much. I was passionate about my communication, had enthusiasm bubbling out of me, but what that communicated was not enthusiasm when I would jump in on somebody's idea. Instead, allowing them to finish their thought, having a pause, and just being with them. Mm -hmm. And not only in a one-on-one conversation when you're networking, when you're with your team, but on a formal stage as well. The fourth is really thinking about the presentation itself in terms of how can I make this about them? And that is embedding different elements that tap into different learning styles. And we have the kinesthetic learner, the audible learner, the visual learner. And the more that you know that we are all not the same and that's okay, that is truly going to be a powerful tool for you. And so that's where when I, you know, within every 10 minutes, have you told a story if you're doing a formal keynote or have you had audience participation, like a rhetorical question or movement, like turn to your partner and what would you say? Those kinds of things. Or have you had a visual piece component or prop that piques the interest to get your audience hungry for more of what you have to say? Mm -hmm. The other piece that I would say that I have learned very, very quickly is to be interested, not interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a difference with this. And that is when you show up to whatever communicative event, whether it's super informal 
or very, very formal. If you show up being that person that's just oozing, I want to sell my business, I need your money, blah, 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 and telling all about you, that's like getting that first date where the person wears too much perfume or cologne and you're like, oh my gosh, woo, the other person, it's very off-putting. Instead, what I learned very quickly in 2014 when I ventured and camped the Serengeti in Tanzania Dr. John, who was a South African uh, a South African doctor who'd been practicing for 55 years, he was in his 80s of medicine. I asked him, you know, he gave me lots of aphorisms and and nuggets to learn from. And I asked him, you know, I teach students, you know, communication. What should I? What is one thing that you think I should share with them? And he said, always be curious and always ask good questions. That's mm-hmm. never failed me in my 55 years of practicing medicine. Yeah. So that's really, I think, that links to the be, you know, that the being interested. If you are fully full of heart and you are interested in the other, and you allow, you allow them to speak, and you really are with them, fully present, and really see them for them, they will feel that. And you will have this beautiful, magical connection. It's like Dale Carnegie going to a party. He asked questions and he listened. And he was the most popular person at the party because he was interested, not trying to be interesting. Yeah, I love uh, I love what you're sharing here. And I, I have very often said to my clients, you, know, you can talk for a long time about, you know, you. right? And I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. Or you can pose a very powerful question to the other person that demonstrates your knowledge so you don't have to talk about all of that um you know your credentials and all of those pieces you can demonstrate that you are on trend you understand what's going on you can pull in some of your um, essential credentials depending on who you're talking to but it's the power of what's being asked in the question that showcases your knowledge Mm -hmm. and that's far more powerful the other thing is, as you shared, you know, I was at an event just recently and it was a round, uh, you know, round table of six people and the instruction was to, you know, summarize what it is that you do. And every single person started with, I do, I, 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 I. And when we got to the, you know, <laughs> I was the last person to speak and, uh, you know, I talked about you know, the women attracted to working me with me are women entrepreneurs seeking to flourish and then I stopped talking and they and they looked at me because we'd been given you know two minutes to share um, um and I was able to reflect it back and talk about that point later on mm. that it's not about it's not about me it's about right. how is this information landing with you what are you hearing from it? And when you start with I, it's like applying for a job and your cover letter has I do, I, 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 <laughs> right. all the way through the cover letter. Does that show that you're a team player? Does that show that you want to collaborate and connect and co-create with people? No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have, you know, 40 different words and word concepts in my book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. I'll, I'll play a little um, audio video about that uh, at the end. And one of those those words is clearly in today's marketplace not in the book but it is i and the the use the correct use of of i so well it's also ego driven isn't it i mean and we have a spectrum of ego right we have self-doubt which that's 
where you talk about the mindset in your business, Yvonne, and you kind of crush that sad, the, the, the hard part of that ego. And then we have the bravado, which is the I, 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 me, 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 look at that. You want to be centered confidence, which is the middle piece. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because it is about serving, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I can be brilliant. <laughs> I have no clients. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You can be in your beautiful, beautiful office, thinking all the things, talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in our last couple of minutes here, Tina, um, the uh, opportunity is there for you to share something with the audience. I mentioned earlier on that I would be sharing if you wanted to pick up a copy of that uh, 90 second personality assessment, you can do so. All you have to do is text me. So text the word code, C-O-D-E, it's your personality code, and text this number, 403-668-9279. So just text me the word code, C-O-D-E, and the number is 403-668-9279. If for some reason your uh, telephone provider does not connect with that, reach out to me on LinkedIn and let me know and I can send you another link. And um, Tina, what did you want to share quickly with the audience as far as a gift? A gift, absolutely. Well, I would like to share with them, uh, I think what would be interesting is for them to be able to tell their story. So I have a PDF of uh, that talks about the beats to a great story. And so I'd be happy to share that with the audience where it lays out those five beats to help business women entrepreneurs share their origin business story and would be happy to do a follow-up 15-minute conversation to see where they land. Excellent. And how do they get that from you? They can email me at tinab at tinabakehouse.com. Or, uh, and, and you also gave an, a phone number and I can do that as well. It's 712-789-0158. So either email me at Tina B as in boy at tinabakehouse.com or you can shoot me a text at 712-789-0158. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tina, for sharing such wisdom nuggets today. I hope everyone's enjoyed the show. And I look forward to being back with you again in a couple more weeks. Thank you, Tina B, Tina Bakehouse, for sharing and collaborating today. Everybody have a great morning and uh, enjoy the next Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now, everyone. Bye-bye. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, the modern art of confident conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund, 
the Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.